we are back at it with another episode of Sonderwave. Thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode last week. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked last week's episode, then you are going to love this week's episode. It's going to rock your face off. It is with my dear friend, Christina. I work with Christina at the job that I'm at, and I trained her back when she started in January, and we hit it off. Uh, <laughs> we hit it off like that. And she has such an amazing story of growth and going from not being able to walk to H&M by herself to traveling overseas alone for over a year and getting into quite a bit of shenanigans, which you will hear about. We'll just say there might be sex clubs involved. There may be drinking in a hostel with some old Asian men. She has so many great stories, but more importantly, she has a lot of great perspective on getting validation from others and not only getting validation from others, but in relationships and sexually how we sometimes base all of our self-esteem on others' opinions of us. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And I think a lot of people will really relate to her story. And I just can't wait. You guys are going to love it. And talking about caring about other people's opinions over our own, I saw this quote this week that I want to read to you all. It never ceases to amaze me. We all love ourselves more than other people, but care more about their opinions than our own. And I read that this week and almost fell to the floor. So I'm just going to leave that little nugget there for you. You can take it if you want it. You can think about it if you want it. You can meditate about it if you want it. You can do whatever you want with it. So let's take a few deep breaths together, and then let's get into the episode. Here we go. So I know it'd be great if you could all just have a whole house together. That's my dream. I mean, it's like the real world, but but with people we like. Yeah, and like reading poetry and <laughs> pulling moon deck cards. Yeah. <laughs> Incense, all the good things. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Nervous. Why are you nervous? <laughs> you know, it's my first. <laughs> I understand. It's hard to, to do your first, but you know, we're here. We're queer. And we're ready to go. <laughs> I'm all those things. <laughs> Honestly, from the moment we met, I always knew we'd be friends. Mm -hmm. Me too. Was it that I was trying to think, I was reflecting on our friendship. <clears throat> was it the first day that you were training with us that we stood outside for like a half hour with our other coworker? It wasn't just the chatted? first day. I think it was like the third day. Oh, okay. In my head, it was like, it was the first day we hit it off. <laughs> we'll make it that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the narrative I choose yeah. to believe. Um, but I do remember it from that point on, I, I knew. I was like, mm -hmm. she... We connect. Yeah. We have very yeah. similar things. I could tell you were deep. Mm -hmm. I could tell you weren't like the normal folk. You like being weird. Thank you. And I'm weird. Yeah. You're nerdy. Yeah. I'm nerdy. A little awkward. Quirky. <laughs> yes. A little. But that's. those are the people I like to hang around. Mm -hmm. And that was you for me. Yeah. That was the same. Yes. Yeah. That first, that night that we all hung out, I was like, yep, that, these are my people. The people. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I wish we could have just 
do it every day. I could have stayed out there for like four hours. I, I could have too. <laughs> We're just chilling. Yeah. But yeah, even just getting to know you over the when did you start with when did mm, was it December? January. January. I know. Oh yeah. It's, it's only been like three months. Wow. I know. So I guess for the people, <laughs> uh, we work at the same company and mm-hmm. I train Christina. So me and Christina were with each other periodically over the course of two weeks, mm-hmm. got to know each other. And then ever since we've yeah. just, we've been hanging. We I was pretty with, much obsessed with you from the get go. <laughs> and I was obsessed with her. So it was just the perfect yeah. friendship and relationship. And we're even outside of friend, outside of work friends, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen all the time with work friends, mm-hmm. but with us, it you is. know, <laughs> and it just learning about your life. I remember there was one time when we were training, we were sitting in the booth mm-hmm. and I learned for the first time that you were married at yeah. one point. And I was like, this girl's got some stories. <laughs> that tends to throw people off. Yeah, it really. Well, yeah. for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we'll dive right into it. <laughs> um, but I guess just like tell me about that. Okay. Maybe, I, I don't know if I don't like spoil the ending. Okay. <laughs> Let's not spoil it. Well, I'm obviously not married anymore. <laughs> I think that's clear. Either by the um, tone or how yeah. we're describing it. Um, so I guess I'll start from the beginning. I met him when I was 16. In, and you're not old now. No, I'm 29. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've already been divorced. <laughs> I have quite a few friends that have been divorced. I know. Honestly, if you're single in your 30s, you just missed out on your first divorce. <laughs> That'll be me. And I'm yeah. okay with that. But I, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. It's super common. Um, But yeah, I met him when I was 16 in the motherland, which is Malta. Um, So it's a tiny island, and he pretty much lives around the corner from where my dad grew up. And so it was kind of that stereotypical, like, summer love in Mm -hmm. Europe. And And were you visiting Malta, or you were living there? I was visiting there, and I was there for, like, maybe three weeks, and I was like, I'm in love. He's mine. (laughs) He's mine. And so... That summer happened. I went back again next summer, met up with him again, and was like, I'm still in love. And from there, we decided to actually give it a go, which is long distance. Did you guys chat that whole year in between? No. He kind of, like, dropped off, and, you know, I wasn't salty about it. But Mm -hmm. I was also 16, so, like... that's 16 is... You're in a weird age at that point. Yeah. Very vulnerable. A lot of emotions. Very impressionable. Oh, yeah. And I was. (laughs) (laughs) We Um, And... So, yeah, he eventually moved to um, the U.S., and we were together for about six months here, Um, and then his visa ended, Mm. so it was, you know, kind of up in the air, and so a month later after he left, I went there and lived in Malta for six months, and then got really bored. It's a really tiny island. (laughs) I was going to say, what are the main differences between living in the U.S. and living in Malta? Um... where to start well (laughs) i was living on the really tiny island of gozo which you can drive across in like 25 minutes so everyone knows each other everyone gossips can you give a a geographical idea Mm -hmm. of where malta is because i did not know yeah and i most people think most people wouldn't Yeah. yeah it's right in between sicily and northern africa and the mediterranean sea so it's kind of just like that little dot you sometimes see mm-hmm. on maps um right there um so it's the culture is a lot like italy italian culture but the language is really close to arabic and it's almost arabic like we have the same numbers and say and like you phrases speak it, correct or no i can say a few things okay when i was living there i learned how to Wow, my hands are really sweaty. 
when I my was. My hands are always sweaty. I, I even know. took medication for it so, at some point. Really? Because <laughs> I was. Yeah. That makes me love you so much more. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh Malta. yeah. So yeah, the language. I was like. Oh yeah able to understand most of it i was working in a cafe so i could take orders Ooh, barista and like, yes <laughs> what was your favorite drink to make um well there was a guy named angelo who made most of the drinks and he was really strict about not letting people touch it <laughs> his little espresso Rude. maker <laughs> but um a fun thing we would do is if someone was rude to us we would there's this drink there called um kinney and we would serve them a warm one and shake it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then serve it to them. <laughs> and we'd just like stand behind the counter and wait for them to open it and see it spray all over them. And did it? Oh, yeah. All was the time. satisfying every oh, time? Oh, so satisfying. <laughs> you just keep like cleaning the counter like nothing happened. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was worth cleaning up the mess. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Now, um, is the coffee, because it was a coffee shop, mm-hmm. Was it, is it the same type of culture as you would see in Italy or France? Because coffee culture in europe is very different than coffee yeah. culture in the u.s it's you're not really sitting you're more so getting your espresso you yeah. might be standing with a few co-workers you have a croissant <laughs> and then you leave i don't think Malta's that bougie with coffee mm-hmm. um i don't i mean maybe things have changed it's been so long since i've been there but there wasn't really coffee shops mm-hmm. that i can think of or at least I didn't go to them. <laughs> I just drank instant coffee back then. <laughs> Folgers. Uh, who knows what it was. <laughs> whatever is in the pantry. Yeah, whatever was there. Um, but yeah, it was it was really awesome getting that experience and seeing mm-hmm. where my family was from and learning more about the culture. But it's small. <laughs> it's small. Yeah. Culturally, it's very different as well. Correct? Oh, yeah. In regards to gen- gender. And- oh, yeah. What was, Super conservative, yeah. Roman Catholic, um, old country, just that life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you've mentioned that women are treated very yeah, uh, harshly, but well, seen as lesser than. Yeah. They're like supposed to be in the kitchen, you know, raise the children. Really? It's not so much like go out and get a career. Um, and that's what he wanted for me. He wanted me to, you know, have all the babies and be a stay-at-home housewife and he was the one who like so this is going into the relationship (laughs) but he um, convinced me to drop out of college and everyone who knew me knew that all I wanted to do was go to college Um, and so I dropped out of college after a semester why did you (sighs) because it's just kind of that young love and you wanted (sighs) yeah I was naive and I was like no one needs a college degree these days which Mm -hmm. you know is true for some people but he we wanted to move back to Malta and that was the plan and we were looking at buying an apartment over there and we were going through the steps of doing that and it was just he didn't think I would be able to find a job and so I dropped out of college Ooh, someone's whacking the weeds outside (laughs) we're just gonna keep going (laughs) enjoy Uh, the ambiance in the background (laughs) um and so yeah I yeah, so I ended up pursuing makeup artistry, and mm. I know that it was fun, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't my passion, and it was only I only went to school for that because I thought that was the only thing I could do out there. Mm. And, it, and even if I did, it would have been like only in the summers, weddings. What were you going to school for? 
before you dropped out? In college? Yeah. Uh, communications. Ooh. I know. What do you want to do with it? I have no idea. I think I wanted to go into PR or something. I was 18 and naive. Uh, we all, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So then you guys ended up, are you married at this point? When I dropped out, yes. When I dropped out, when I was in college for that semester, we were married. So we got married right when I turned 19. He's two years older t than me, so he must have been like 21. Um, small courthouse wedding. Only my parents and my friend at the time came. <laughs> what did your family think about it? Were they into it? Oh, they were not into it. Into the marriage or into him? Both? Um, my parents liked him, and they didn't want me to get married, but I was technically an adult so they couldn't really say no and I'm very stubborn and if I say I'm gonna do something I usually just do it and the more people tell me no the more I'm like yes I gotta do it <laughs> um but my one aunt and uncle were really against me getting married and they kind of saw through him um and because of that he turned me against them and kind of like I ended up losing all my friends and mm. I was very lonely and you know, my relationship is still kind of tarnished with that aunt. And that's for multiple reasons. But, like, I think that put a real hamper on it. And, um, yeah, they, I, I can't say they were thrilled. <laughs> um, but I did it anyway. And then we were, we moved to New York. And we were married for almost three years. And we were planning for the big Cinderella wedding. Like, we had the place booked. We really? bought my dress, like a really expensive dress. <laughs> How expensive are we talking here? Like just the dress was thirty five hundred. Oh, okay. The veil was like eight hundred. <laughs> See, this is how naive I am to just weddings in general. Why is the veil so expensive? Uh, it was a really long veil. <laughs> oh. And I just really like. I was just. Yeah, I guess it's not that expensive if you're, like, rolling in money, but, like, to drop 40. That's an expensive veil. <laughs> yeah. I hope we can all agree. Unless yeah. we're all millionaires that are listening, which I yeah. doubt it. And spending, what was it, $800? On just the veil. Can we all agree that's yeah. <laughs> so, a big expenditure? Yeah. It was a lot, and we were going to have, like, horse-drawn carriages. It was, like, straight How up. beautiful, though. Yeah, it, and it would have been married, in Malta, so it was, like, half the price to do it there. Sure, and if you're going to get married, I get it. You can yeah. spend money if you're going to have a wedding. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I would never do it again. <laughs> but um, so a few months before we're supposed to literally pack up, move to Malta and prepare for the wedding, I called it off, which is a whole other story. Um, I essentially I was working at this store and I became like best friends with my he was like my manager and at that time, I was really lonely. I had no friends. Like, even just doing anything, like, I had no confidence. Mm. You know, I remember there's this, I'm backtracking a little bit, but there was this, there's this one memory that really sticks out where all I wanted to do was go to H&M, and it just required me getting on one train and going mm -hmm. a few stops into the Soho to go to H&M. And I texted the two people I could think to text in my phone, no one could go with me and I just sat on the couch crying because I was like feeling really lonely because I had no friends but also I had no confidence to do anything to the point where I had no confidence to just go to a store by myself wow and did, was that how it was like before you had met him as well or did that relationship over the course of that you know two three mm -hmm. years 
kind of just your self-esteem went down and it's that yeah I he just kind of took away any confidence and was manipulative and can I ask what did that manipulation look like in your relationship I he would he would tell me like oh go ahead do these things like being supportive but then would like guilt me if I did or like reprimand me kind of almost like if I went out at night or just in subtle ways would make me feel bad to the point where like I wouldn't do those things Mm -hmm. anymore um you obviously wanted to make him happy and you loved him so it was like yeah exactly I'll do it because you asked me Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what a relationship was it was my first relationship so I thought that's what you did that he would take advantage of that Mm -hmm. you know no one ever expects that the person that you're closest to will take advantage of you yeah and whether he knew that or not I guess is irrelevant but yeah yeah I don't know if he realizes it um but I remember just whenever we would go and spend time with other couples I would think oh at least my relationship's not that bad you know like I would compare yeah like he had this one cousin who was just in an awful relationship and I would just like reaffirm my like just yeah at least I'm not in that relationship and so it kind of just kept me in it when did you know that you didn't really want to be with him so that's where Tony comes in (laughs) Tony step on up Um, You're the next contestant I know. of what we're talking about on this podcast. I hope he never hears this. He'll be like, that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, ooh, can I curse? <laughs> oh, please. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was working at this store, and I was starting to make friends, starting to go out, and I became really, really close with Tony. Tony. I know. Well, I, I still have some heartache over what I did because I was just like a bad person to them you know like young naive Mm -hmm. rebelling just getting out anyways I'm backtracking (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah we were I just like started to have feelings for him and kind of pushed them aside and people were like it was obvious that we both had feelings for each other but I think we both kind of were just in denial because I was married about to move to Malta Mm -hmm. and do a Catholic wedding and you know, he was going to be in New York. Um, but then one day we used to always go to this one bar in Bushwick called Duck Duck. And we it was just like a thing. After work, we'd go. We lived right next to each other. It was easy. Just you two? Sometimes other people. Sometimes it was just us. Mm-hmm. But it was always really normal and chill. And then one day we're just sitting in this booth and nothing happens. But we get like quiet and like we're just like really close to each other and it was awkward like it was weird like you just felt that tension and that energy and we didn't say anything and the tension of you both realize that you're into each other in a way and like deeply into each other like we'd been friends for a while now and hanging out like every day for a while and had you ever had anyone brought up the fact that you thought each other were like cute or that you liked each other and yeah like-, like co-workers people would say like his his friends who were also like his best friend worked with us um they were kind of upset about the situation because they thought it'd been going on for months and that we'd been like sleeping together and all this stuff when mm. none of that was true but because of our relationship people just assumed it um and i was oblivious to that i was just like no we're just like best friends <laughs> um so yeah we leave the bar and i'm just like what the fuck was that like this was weird and he's like christina nothing happened like nothing happened and i was like well what does that mean like was something about to happen i just kind of like freaked out 
And that night he was leaving to go back home to Florida for a few days. And I was leaving to go to Philly to work. And we texted a bit during that time. But the whole time I was really nervous. I was really nervous that my husband would see my phone because he went with me. Mm. We, I remember we went and visited my uncle because he lived near Philly. And we were watching TV and I was just like kind of numb. Like I have no idea what happened. I don't remember what we watched. Like people were trying to have conversations with me and I couldn't really hold a conversation. Like I was just Because so... of that interaction you had? Yeah. Wow. And so we both get back and... A bunch of our co-workers were out at a bar and he comes through and he just straight up told me in the bar he was like i'm in love with you and <laughs> your mouth how romantic <laughs> i know it was romantic and you know when you think about how my fucking husband proposed to me he proposed me in a shitty fucking mexican restaurant on west fourth street which if you know it is just where like nyu college kids go to get wasted like nothing it wasn't like planned it was just like oh well i'm here like we might as well do it and i like backtracking again (laughs) but i remember just like being like what are you doing slapping down the ring and so he wasn't ever like romantic with me or like tried so experiencing that where this person was just like i'm in love with you like i want to be with you i know you're married but like i need you to know how in love i am with you like hearing someone say that i was just like fuck my shit up (laughs) i mean i respect him completely for doing that yeah and so just put himself out there and it's like yeah and he yes it's yes it's a no it's a no but at least he'll know and yeah and he knew i was unhappy and i think everyone knew the relationship was bad um and so that night we ended up just like getting in a cab going back to his place like making out like crazy the whole time i'm like so nervous we don't sleep together but we're like making it was actually really hot we were like making out in his staircase (laughs) and like it started off hot but then i started like hyperventilating and like hysterically crying and he was like you need to calm down like people are gonna think i'm attacking you like because i'm hysterically crying and i could not get myself together and i get home at like five in the morning Mm. and i'm so i'm just like riddled with shame i sleep on the couch and in the morning when my ex-husband was on his way to work tried to wake me up and i just like pretended i was really hungover Mm -hmm. um and then that day was just like one of the worst days of my life (laughs) um because of the guilt yeah yeah. so much guilt and i at that time because my ex-husband was catholic we were like you know i was like catholic or whatever (laughs) like i don't know Um, know, we had a bible in the house yeah like i don't know we went to church occasionally but um i just remember walking around bushwick and ridgewood and hysterically crying and it's in new york so everyone's always freaking crying on the street <laughs> no one looked at you weird no one looked at me weird and i remember going seeing this church and like going up to it because i just needed a quiet place to cry and like yeah, be in a that safe space yeah. yeah and it was fucking locked <laughs> i was like what kind of church is this it's like three in the afternoon <laughs> uh, yeah um i knock on the door and a priest answers and i'm visibly distraught i'm like crying i like obviously need help and i say excuse me can i just sit in your church for a few minutes and he tells me no we're closed that is so (laughs) the priest it baffles me to no degree Mm -hmm. or to every degree i don't even know which side to use yeah that a church would yeah 
So after that, I never went back to church. Because here's the thing, church. What would Jesus do? (laughs) Come on now. Yeah. Would Jesus let in a crying person just to sit for a few minutes? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So that really pissed me off. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I call this other church in the area and this woman picks up. She's I think she's like a secretary or something. And she's like, yeah, we're closed. And I'm just like, okay, like I really just need a place. And I think she could hear it in my voice. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know what? Just come. I'll let you in. That's the response. Exactly. And she wasn't a priest. She was just like a woman hearing another woman in fucking pain. And so she let me in and I just sat there for, I don't even know how long, just crying and being like, I don't know what to do. And the idea that I had done that and that I knew I had to end things and not move to Malta and like your whole life was going to change. My whole life was just about to flip and what people would think, what my family mm-hmm. would think, what his family would think because I love his family. His mom is one of the most amazing women mm. I've ever met and so it was hard. It wasn't just like breaking up with him, it was breaking up with all sure. these people. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Because really, when you do break up with someone, you're not mm-hmm. just breaking up with that. Yeah. You're breaking up with every part of your yeah. life that you had with them. Yeah. Friends, family. Everyone. It's like just social situations. Yeah. Like financially sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, financially, I got a big old chunk of money from that. But <laughs> So there we are. <laughs> there we are. Um, but. Can I ask, why, why were you drawn to going to a church? I just didn't really know where else I would go. To just be alone yeah. in like a safe, quiet yeah. place. And somewhere I can cry and not feel like I'm being too judged. Mm-hmm. Especially at that time, like, even thinking now, I, I don't know where I would have gone. And my apartment, the walls are re- the walls are really thin in that building, so they you could just hear everything. <laughs> you sniffle and they're like, you okay over there? Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, someone sneezes and you're like, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, I just needed somewhere to go. Yeah. Did you believe in God? Was this a, a you're going to a church to hopefully get an answer from an outside source? Or were you just looking to – was it literally just you wanting to be in a place by yourself? Or was it you kind of almost looking for hmm. something, I don't know, something yeah, else higher. to – Yeah, to give you some guidance. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear any angels. <laughs> No. No one came down and spoke to me. Did you feel better after going? Yeah. Okay. I think I did. And so I was just visibly distraught for a few days. He obviously knew something was going on. And so I kind of just told him. Um, like everything? I didn't give him the details, but he knew. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, even, I didn't even have to tell him who it was. He was just like, was it? So that was the hardest thing. And hearing him cry the way he did was like mm. heart wrenching. So, yeah. I just had to tell him, like, I couldn't. It was obvious, like, something was wrong with me. So I told him. And so the first thing we did was he wanted to go to counseling. And. I think this was a manipulative move, but he took me to a Catholic counselor because those won't encourage you to get Mm -hmm. divorced. Um, However, (laughs) however, the counselor we went to, we sat down and we spoke 
it was both of us in the room with her. She asked him to leave. And she said to me, you know, you made a mistake when you were young. You don't have to stay married. Yeah. Was he there when? No. Okay. She had asked him to leave the room. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. So women in the church came through. (laughs) Honestly, men in the church did not. What What a. And what's very cool about that, in my opinion, is that like something that one person said to you Mm -hmm. probably really changed your life. Yeah. And, And it was just honesty. Yeah. It wasn't like. It was just someone that was seeing you in your situation. She mm-hmm. saw your individual situation because mm-hmm. not every situation needs to end yeah. in divorce. You know, yeah. If someone makes a mistake and then wants to reconcile, but it seems like she saw in you mm-hmm. that you just really made a mistake. Yeah. Like you just weren't happy. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I respect yeah. that so much. Yeah. She also saw a 22 year old crying in her office because she is going to made a decision that could affect the rest of her life in a negative way and i just have so much respect for her um but then after that he took me to a psychologist because he was convinced i was crazy he told my family i was crazy he told friends i was crazy because you didn't want to be with him because i didn't want to be with him like that's some that's a god complex yeah that's a god (laughs) you ain't that cool that's something um so yeah I went to see the psychiatrist. She pretty much told me the same thing. And so we decided that he would go to Malta for a month and it would give us some time apart to think. And then he would come back and he was pretty much just like begging me to choose him. Um, And essentially, as soon as he took off, I was just happy. I just felt... The burden was gone. The burden was gone. And I felt like I could start my life mm-hmm. and pretty much told him over webcam essentially that I didn't want him to come back and that I would send him all his things. We had a dog at the time and I told him he could have the dog. So that was really, that was hard because you know, my dog had to go under the plane and that mm-hmm. was scary. Um, but I just knew I couldn't be with him anymore and I knew that if I was happy, I wouldn't have cheated on him. Mm-hmm. Like, which is a great realization to have, I think. Yeah. And how strong? I hope you. I hope you feel so much strength and empowerment from doing for doing that for yourself. Because oh, a yeah. lot of people don't. Yeah. A lot of people stay in relationships that they are not happy in mm-hmm. because they are afraid of what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And so it's hard. Good for you for having the strength to do that. Thank you. Look how much happier you are now. I'm. I'm I'm on top of the world. <laughs> I got you know I got my anxiety and stuff. But <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just was ready to start my life. And what 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 do you think would be one piece of advice for someone who is in a similar situation? Probably not the, mm-hmm. in every way, but in a relationship that they just know that they do not want to be in anymore. Yeah. What's like the biggest piece of advice or the thing that you think you learned the most from that? I wish someone had told me that telling the person you're with that you no longer love them and ending it is super fucking hard, but it's not as hard as staying in something that you're unhappy in Mm -hmm. for that long. 
you know like the, tr- the truth is going to hurt no matter how long yeah. you wait to tell them that too you yeah. might as well just get it over with when mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. instead of waiting years and years just to hurt them then yeah and You're to gonna further yourself hurt yourself pain and them i mean because yeah. that relationship's not going to be good if you mm-hmm. stay in it uh so it's, yeah that's that's great advice yeah i wish someone had told me that <laughs> right. um been nice yeah and then from there i dated tony and we weren't together very long because i was just divorced it wasn't a good idea for me to jump into a relationship mm-hmm. um and i quickly realized that um so we were together about eight months and honestly he's one of the best relationships i ever had he was so supportive understanding patient and just like an overall good guy Mm. but i was in such a i was entering my destructive phase because i was rebelling you know like i just lived this really sheltered you know life and was in this marriage that i was unhappy in and i just wanted to let loose Mm -hmm. and sleep around and get drunk (laughs) i was also 22 so you know there was a lot um and so while i was with with tony i decided that i wanted to backpack by myself Mm -hmm. because i had i couldn't even go to a store alone so i was like how do i push myself that's amazing and that was (laughs) that was it that that is pushing that was that was pushing it (laughs) Couldn't go to H and M, but let's go to India. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to Europe by yourself. And um, he was really supportive of it. And because we, my ex husband and I, had saved up all this money for this big wedding, we had split it. And at the time, I was making dick loads of money at this store I was working at. So I just had like a lot of money. You're ranking in that cash. <laughs> yeah. Um, racking it. What's the phrase? It doesn't matter. Oh, who? Huh? What? I said ranking in the cash. Uh, I was trying to figure out what the phrase was. What are the youngins saying? <laughs> <laughs> Once again. Um, so I feel like I'm rambling. No, you're okay, doing good. great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had all this money. I was lost. I needed to push myself to do something. And if I didn't do it then, I knew mm-hmm. I would never. Mm-hmm. So booked a, booked a flight um, to Italy. Landed in Naples. And I remember when I told my family, they were like, what? But supportive. But my one aunt definitely told me, you'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> Ooh, and you're like, okay, I'll show you. I was like, you. challenge accepted. Yeah. Um, but definitely on the plane to Naples, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And thinking to myself, what am I doing? This is stupid. I can't do this. I think there was this old lady sitting next to me who shared her food with me. And I think she could tell I was internally screaming, just like, what? What is happening? <laughs> What kind of food did she did she share with you? She gave me like some grapes, I think some cheese. <laughs> what a sweet lady. She was just like this grandma. I think she had a granddaughter granddaughter around my age. And she was just really nice. I was really grateful she was seated next to me. Mm-hmm. Um so I land in Naples. I have no idea what to do. Um so I go to the hostel I had booked. And so I pretty much had written down exactly what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. I was going to go to X, Y, and Z on these days. And How long were you thinking you'd be gone? I thought I'd be gone for like two months. Okay. That's pretty substantial. Yeah. It's not just a thought. casual vacay. <laughs> yeah. Um, within the first week of traveling, I threw out everything I'd planned and just kind of yolo well, it. Why? 
I was just having fun and I would meet people and they'd be like, oh, we're going here. And so I'd be like, cool, I'll go there too. Um, and like different cities type of different cities, different countries. I just winged it. Like there was no plan. As, uh, after a week, I had no plan. Wow. It was really fun. So started in Italy, ended up going to like Croatia, which Croatia is where I fell in love with the first woman. Ow. Heidi, if you're listening. No. <laughs> hey, Heidi. Just want to let you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I go to Croatia, which wasn't planned. Love Croatia. It's like some of the best food. Um, and this girl's staying in the hostel, and she's traveling there with three dudes. She's from Australia, but she she's based in England now. And I don't know. I was just smitten. I was like, fuck. Um had you had crushes on girls before? No. First time. Maybe like little ones that never amounted to anything or not enough that I thought of them. But this, I was like swooning hard. <laughs> did that take you by surprise? Yeah. Were you, did you find yourself wanting to push it away? Or yeah. Were you, okay. Because my twin sister had come out as gay like two years before and I was like, I can't be gay too. <laughs> and had you thought about it at all in between that time? Or did it like maybe a passing thought and then you're like, just push it away type? I was, oh God, it's hard to explain. I think I can't speak for her, but I feel like it was a mutual feeling and we would, we called each other wifey. You know, we pretended that she proposed to me. Like it was like a joke, ongoing joke. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we only had spent maybe a week together, but we just connected and this is totally TMI, but I had my first wet dream oh <laughs> after gosh, meeting her, yes. and it was about her. <laughs> um, Details. I know. I just was in a hostel, so who knows if I was making sounds. Could you imagine? I know. And I, it was about her, and I was just like, oh, my God, this and is... And you loved it. Oh, yeah. I was like, woohoo! <laughs> That's what they heard yeah. through the walls. Yeah, they, woohoo! <laughs> um, just over and over again. <laughs> And yeah, and then that week was over. And did you guys ever kiss or no? But about a month and a half later, I went to England specifically to see her, mm-hmm. and it was my last part of the trip. Um, for that time, um, and she, we were in a bar, and I can't remember verbatim what she said, but I'm pretty sure she was like, "Oh yeah, if I had feelings for a girl, I would go for it," and just looked at me. But at that time, she had a boyfriend, so nothing happened. But I, like, slept in the bed with her and tried to be cool and pretend, she, like... she into girls? Like I don't know. Oh, I, I th- forgot. I feel like we probably... I don't know. I feel like there was a mutual There's, liking. Yeah. That's almost... That is a weird type of relationship and interaction when you both know. Mm-hmm. It's, like, an unsaid thing, but you just, like, feel it energy-wise. So... So hard. Yeah. <laughs> At least I did. Maybe it's all in my head. It could. I don't think it would be. I hope not. <laughs> Especially when she said that. I know. I like almost shit my pants when she said that. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like gulping yeah. my beer. <laughs> yeah. Can we get another round? Yeah. Can, can we get one more? Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I had been gone for three months at this point. Mm-hmm. Got really sick because I had started like drinking hard Mm. and it was my first time doing drugs in 
I was in Berlin. <laughs> and there's this really famous club called Bergheim. Bergheim? And, yeah, it's really difficult to get into. Oh. They turn they you can get in one day and then they'll turn you away the next. Like they're really because strict. Because of capacity or just because no. of who it is? It's what it is. You're not allowed to take pictures in. If okay. they see you taking pictures, you get kicked out. It opens up like Thursday at midnight and then goes until Monday. And you can literally stay the whole time. It never closes during the weekend. And it is known to be a gay fetish club. Um, and they try to keep tourists out. Gay it's like men and women gay? Mostly or? gay men. Okay. Um, they try to keep tourists out. You know, you don't go there in heels and a tight dress. You go there in like fucking raggedy ass combat boots, ripped up shit. Like, I see. It's punk. <laughs> wow. But like heavy electronic German music. I'm sure everyone's just on something. So many drugs. So many drugs. Everyone's having sex. There's just like out in the open. Yeah. And there's a room where there's this room called the dark room and there's just na- men s- circle jerking and there's oh, like God. sex swings. It's crazy. It's huge. It, it's really hard to get into. They don't. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Got into it twice. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the first time I went to Berlin. And so I dabbled, tried you know, he said it was cocaine, but it was probably speed <laughs> uh, <laughs> mixed with like fucking flour or something. Probably. But I just started, you know, I was drinking a lot, discovered drugs and my body just kind of shut down. Mm. And so I, after Berlin, I went to Prague, continued partying and then was in Amsterdam and was just like sick. My body was shutting down and I smelled weird. Like, I think the boots please. was seeping out of me. Oh, okay. I like, like, please I give s- me more details no, like on I how you smelled weird. smelled weird. Like. Just like your pheromones? I don't know. It's pheromones. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like, I, it was concerning. So I went to a doctor. Like, your skin smelled weird? <laughs> like, I smelled. odor. Odor. Like, I. It wasn't like B.O. Even after odor, I would shower. Odor. Odor. Even after I would shower. Oh. I have no idea how to explain it. Other than that. Like, my body was just, like, decaying. Oh, yeah. Um, so I go to see this doctor in Amsterdam. And he That's essentially amazing. just looks at me and he goes, because it's obvious, I'm haggard. <laughs> and he's like, have you drank water? <laughs> he's like, you might just are be dehydrated. Yeah, are you eating well? <laughs> are you sleeping? And I was just like, I'm not doing any of those things. Mm-hmm. So I book a flight home, go home. I'm home for, like, three or four months just like working getting myself back together and doing that and I'm like okay I'm gonna go back I'm not done and I told all my family I'll be gone for another two months tops like I'll be back eight months later you were gone for eight months eight months this time now the second time were you going to start somewhere specific were you going to meet up with a certain Mm -hmm. group of friends and then travel with them yeah I started my sister went with me for two weeks and we started in Budapest. <laughs> Budapest. Budapest. Um, because I had gone there during the first trip and like, you know, fallen smitten with this guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was going back to Australia. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll, come. I'll go see him before he leaves. And, you know, we had a really good relationship. He was a really kind person. I'm really mm-hmm. grateful for the time I had with him. He taught me like that you could be with like kind hearted people. Yeah. Um, and that's honestly a good point sometimes people just don't know how relationships can yeah. be different mm-hmm. until you see Are that it's them. different yeah experience that yeah um so yeah started in europe kind of just 
bounced my way around. Um, ended up going to Asia at some point. <laughs> I got on a bus and I ended up in I Asia know, three I, days later. I know. <laughs> I was I was in Bulgaria and some people were talking about how cool Asia was. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just go to Thailand and travel from there. Um, and I had booked a one-way ticket to Thailand and went there, Cambodia, Vietnam, and was only there for two months. And I was like, this is rough. Like traveling alone months. as a woman is hard. Yes. But for me there was so much harder. And no one had really told me, you know, how to travel there. Mm-hmm. It was like, like no man. safety wise, are you yeah, saying? Yeah, safety wise. Like the alcohol there is so dangerous oh, because like people go blind. Yes. Which one? The one where I like black out in the Vietnamese hostel bathroom <laughs> i don't know if that's the right one but yes because <laughs> I, I remember you were telling me about that alcohol yes that i think alcohol that was poisoning it. so yeah. i got alcohol poisoning at least three times still didn't learn my lesson but you know third time's a charm when you almost die um i had no intention of going out was just gonna like hang out in the hostel and this is it, yeah. yeah and the hostel owner was like playing these card games with some other like old local guys and so I was like, oh, cool. And they were doing shots of rice wine, like whenever you lost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's wine. That's not bad. And it's rice. Yeah, like it's rice and it's wine. Like, the I don't, I, soaks up yeah, the wine. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I end up, I just keep losing and keep taking shots to the point where it didn't take much. I'm like mm-hmm. sick and drunk. And I climb up somehow to my hostel room and I was sharing it with a few people and I get to the bathroom and I just like start throwing up and I feel Mm. like not even drunk, but just like sick. Yeah. And I remember being unable to get up and laying down on this dirty ass hostel bathroom. Yeah. 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 Like there wasn't even a shower. The shower was over the toilet and you just like kind of stood over it. And I just pass out. And I remember the last thing I'm thinking as I'm laying on this floor is like, this fucking sucks that this is how I die. And my parents are going to get this call. You actually thought you were going to oh, die. Oh, I was like, this is it. Like, I never felt so awful in my life. Like, mm-hmm. it was scary. And I heard stories of people dying mm-hmm. from drinking s- certain alcohol, especially something that's made in someone's freaking bathtub. Uh, right. Yeah, you, yeah. You don't know what's in it. You don't yeah. know the the alcohol content. Yeah. It's, um, it was terrifying. And at some point, some girls find me, and I wake up because they're like, "Oh my god!" Like screaming because they see me on the floor. Yeah, you, I mean, you were probably pale. Like I'm yeah. sure you didn't look great. Oh, I great. didn't. I'm sure I looked awful. Um, and they like get me up, and I somehow get into my bed, and I wake up in the morning, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Like thank God. Um. Did you like? I want to hear about like when you actually thought you were dying. Like, what was going through your head? Just that. Just like I felt so bad that my parents would like. That was the main thing. That it was wasn't the story. About, like, what would happen after? If anything would happen? No, it was, it was just, just like, like my parents. This is the story they're gonna get, and yeah. I just felt really bad. Yeah. It just that's ba- like oh. So. After that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it just. I loved being in Asia, but I don't think I 
a lot, just a few bad things kind of happened out there Mm. that I don't want to go again. You know, it's because people know they can get away with so much stuff. They do think, you know, like it's just, it's, and, and especially Westerners, they go there and they just like party and like are out of control. And I was part of that, but you know, it's just crazy. Like, yeah. What was, what was your drive for like wanting to do all like the alcohol drugs? Was it mainly just to just have fun for once? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, funny that you say that (laughs) because I was listening to the radio and you know that song that just came out that was like, I just poured something in my cup. Uh-uh. I just want to, he goes like, I just poured something in my cup. <laughs> I just want to feel something. We'll uh-huh. He says like, I just want to feel something. Yeah. And I said to Audrey, my girlfriend, <laughs> um, I said to her like, wow, that song really resonates with me because mm. I was drinking and doing so much drugs and this went on for a few years because I was suppressing feelings and I wanted to feel those feelings. And I knew that if I drank or did, you wanted to feel the feelings you were pushing down or you No, I wanted to feel the feelings of like being high and drunk because then I didn't have to feel what I was going through. Um, I guess happier. Yeah. I guess happy is not the feeling you get on drugs and alcohol, but yeah, but it's, removed yeah you know that's a great way yeah Yeah. and i if i have a shitty time i don't remember (laughs) yeah um and so yeah i was just there was a lot of drinking but i ended up working at this hostel in budapest Mm -hmm. and that's where i really started getting into drugs Mm. and was like i always had e on me i would do it probably like three four times a week which it's a, it's a little bit <laughs> is it it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot it's it's more than anyone should do i don't recommend it but i just Can we just talk about the fact that this is the same girl that wouldn't walk to h&m to herself <laughs> yeah exactly cut to how many years later maybe two <sighs> yeah maybe a this year girl's doing e four times yeah. a week <laughs> just she's like... not only going to h&m <laughs> She's, she's going to fucking Cambodia. Old guys, just seeing what's gonna happen. I know. Going I to did. sex clubs. I did. I can't say some of those were like so the who best decision. H and M. I know. When you put it that way, I'm like, yeah. No, but that. I mean, I I bring that up as like, look how far you came. Yeah. Like that's really. Granted, you went a little too far. I think. <laughs> a little. But like, you really pushed yourself, and I think yeah. that's admirable in a way. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think experiencing that was a really big life lesson. Mm-hmm. I am a, like a more confident person now. I I can only imagine. Yeah, and like going from <laughs> well, and you like you literally like sustained yourself as just an individual mm-hmm. overseas, which is very hard. Yeah, and with you a got backpack. around where you didn't know the languages. Yeah, um, not a lot of people can do that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. You could. That's the thing. I think everyone can. Because I guess that's true. Probably could. Yeah. But. And you make you make so many friends along the way. I'm still really good friends with some of the people I met. Yeah. Um, we see each other actually quite often, and they're that's from really everywhere. Special. You know. So. Yeah, it's nice. That is really nice. Yeah. So there's. I ended up road tripping through Turkey with three other people I randomly met along the way, and we were like, "Fuck it, let's road trip." Mm-hmm. Um, and transportation is just kind of like a pain in the ass in 
like Eastern Europe. So ended up doing a lot of road trips around there with random people. Um, <laughs> hitchhike um, a few times. Did you ever meet any scary individuals? Like where you felt like you could be harmed? Um, yeah. Like one time I was in a hostel and this there it was this American guy. And he was kind of coming on to me pretty hard, but I just kept brushing him off and made it very clear I wasn't interested. And I had stayed in one night and was sleeping in my bed. And this motherfucker just crawls in with me. And he's like, oh, I just want to cuddle. I just want to cuddle. I was like, get out. And he was like, oh, but it's. I promise I just want to cuddle. And I was literally about to scream because I was in a room with eight other people. So nothing really could have happened. But... And it was uninvited. Oh, so uninvited. You don't just get into bed oh, with yeah. someone. When I'm sleeping. cuddle. Yeah. And I think his friend walked by and saw and was like, what are you doing? Oh, good you for know? him. So he got out. And in the morning, he came up to me. He was like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, I was drunk, blah, blah, blah. And I just looked him dead in the eye. And I was like, you better know where your bed is tonight. Ooh. <laughs> because I was not Ooh. having it. I love that. <laughs> um, and I kind of, I just Good told I told everyone in the hostel what he'd done. I was publicly shaming this motherfucker. <laughs> you like standing on the table. With yeah, the mic I was and like, you're like Guess announcement. What? <laughs> um, and then there were a few scary encounters. Like definitely scary stuff happens. Like when I was, I was on this brand. I don't even know what island in Vietnam, um, but I was walking to my hostel and the power had gone out on the street. And I was alone because everyone was at the bar and I wanted to head home. And I was stupid (laughs) and thought, oh, I'll walk home alone. Um, And it was pitch black. And I'm walking up the street to the hostel and I hear all these wild dogs around me barking at me. And I'm thinking, just stay calm. Don't run. Like, if you run, they're going to. Yeah. So I just, like, calmly walk my ass up. What It felt like the longest street, Um, but just made it to the hostel and was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. That, would that be was scary. scary. Yeah. And I was drunk, so I'm really happy. I was like, don't run. Yeah. <laughs> don't like, I run. Face them. Yeah, I'll take, take them all I'll down. Pick them or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like in shorts and like a tank top. <laughs> um, and then I think especially like a lot of women travel alone, but you mm-hmm. just have to like men are just so trash, especially if they're like traveling in foreign countries. Mm-hmm. So I think. I wish people, not that people hadn't told me about stuff like that, but I wish I had taken it seriously. I feel like I kind of just was like, oh, that's, you know, like that's rare or something, but it's actually super common. I've really got to have your guard up. Yeah. And I had met one woman who had was like openly talked about it. And it's just like something I think needs to be discussed more because so and i think it's great that so many women are going out there and traveling so but many like young people too yeah you know it's and not, there's so much drugs and alcohol and everyone's yeah. in a foreign it's country so accessible. yeah so just yeah so many things i would like to tell people <laughs> it's like top three or even top two as far as like what to do traveling mm-hmm. don't drink the alcohol <laughs> yeah. in southeast asia unless it's beer and like from a sealed bottle <laughs> and everyone can do it and i like, think that's a there's great a lot message. of scary things and yeah. scary shit does happen i can't say it was all like flowers and daisies yeah like i cried a lot you know you get homesick but 
it's so worth it because you just grow and you see so much of the world like Mm -hmm. so much like i traveling changed my life like when i i ended up visiting bosnia three times and that was why i went to school for political science was because i was so like affected by visiting the balkans and so i think people should travel more alone it puts you out there you're super vulnerable so as hard as it is like just do it (laughs) yeah and you can do it cheap you don't need a lot of money literally i go on skyscanner and i'm like where's the cheapest flight (laughs) and it's pretty cheap yeah just pick a cheap place to go don't go to denmark where it's like 20 dollars for a beer (laughs) go to like i don't know anywhere (laughs) anywhere else (laughs) anywhere else but norway and denmark where it's really expensive although i'm sure they're beautiful (laughs) of course um what was the point for you where you're like i'm ready to go home southeast asia wiped me out after two months you home right after that i went to england for three weeks because you know along the way i had a lot of love affairs during my trip a lot of men that i was like we're in love (laughs) so just men unfortunately okay i oh 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 i actually slept with my first woman while in turkey but i slept with this woman and it was actually a really funny story It, it was also my first threesome okay and it was this guy who I had been, like, traveling with for a while. So we were, like, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever that meant. <laughs> Tra- traveling boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and this girl was just coming on to me so hard all night. And and you liked it? I mean, I wasn't opposed to it. She was, like, a little strong. But I was, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're walking back to the hostel. And the guy I was with was, like, ask her if she wants to come back for a threesome. I was, like, you ask her. And we do. And she's, like, yeah. <laughs> uh- no hesitation yeah no hesitation and so we do and as soon as it like starts he walks out of the room and in the morning in the morning he goes you just seem too into it Uh, (laughs) and i was like "Uh." he walked out because he wasn't getting attention yeah i think so and what's funny is that along the way multiple people had asked me like what's your sexuality like we can't really figure it out and Mm -hmm. i was like oh i'm straight like was that even a thing you were really thinking about at that time? Um, not really. I was hitting the D hard. <laughs> hitting that D hard. Um, I don't think I was really thinking about it. I think it was more just that one time I had feelings and then nothing yeah. really happened after that. Um, and then even sleeping with that girl, like, I wouldn't say it was great, but it, like, it was awkward. It was like, it was for a, a lot of experience. reasons. And in a hostel um which isn't cute <laughs> no it's I'm, not the four seasons it's not it's not the bellagio it's not the bellagio <laughs> um so yeah that was i could go on about crazy stories that happened during that we'll time we'll get back on yeah yeah we'll have a day just, just for that <laughs> all of your stories um they say we'll have you back on yeah. we'll have you back on me and myself english yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I came back home and was like, kept the party going. Did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, when I came back home, then I started like, oh, that led to just, I want I want to say like two years and a, another two years of just drinking so much and like doing so much drugs. And it, again, it was just like suppressing my feelings and well, yeah, what I was, I was going ask, through. Like, why, what, what do you think it was for you? Was it... uh were you looking to get the same feeling as when you were abroad? Mm-hmm. 
Maybe. You wanted to have like that same feeling of like freedom, but at yeah. home. Maybe. Or was it really just like you didn't want, you just weren't ready to deal with what you had to deal with? I think it was that. And I just was really liking partying. Difficult. Like, And that's, <laughs> that's honestly a piece I don't think people recognize. Yeah. That it is fun. Yeah. And it's, that sucks. Yeah. Because sometimes fun things you shouldn't bad. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was crazy because I was working full time at a stressful job in a hotel and going to school full time somehow got on the dean's list but oh was like God. thank you you're like pardon Thanks. me ma'am pardon <laughs> valedictorian oh i wouldn't know <laughs> i'm on the dean yeah i just made it to the dean's list <laughs> and um you like kicked the valedictorian yeah. off the stage of graduation like, move bitch <laughs> can i have the mic for a minute <laughs> um, here's my book title yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to harvard to write this book <laughs> Uh, yeah i would love to do that i would too um but i just like man i was going out every single night that i wasn't in school and i was drinking pretty much i want to say i was drinking every day because even if i didn't go out i'd have wine at home because it was hard to sleep if i didn't Mm. and like i was that girl who always had blow on her or like something on her and it just kind of it just ended up you know, it was fun at first, and then it got dark real fast. <laughs> yeah, um, it becomes less of a thing you do every once in a while to a thing that's like you need this to is do now, like every day. Yeah, and it's like oh, okay. And like if I want to have this fun, this is my routine. Yeah, and I'd I'd go out, and if I didn't have something on me, I'd like be anxiously looking, you know. And like that's that's I hated that. Yeah, I couldn't have fun unless I had some. Like I just felt stupid and yeah, like I, dumb that I'd gotten to that point. And it's like there's no – you don't recognize it mm-hmm. until it gets to that point. Yeah. Like there's never mm-hmm. a point until it's too much. Yeah. And that's yeah. too bad because I feel like there are multiple times in between oh, it's yeah. fun before – in between it's fun and oh, no. Oh, yeah. Where you think you would be like, mm-hmm. maybe I should take a look. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. I wonder what that is. I think there were times where I would have those moments – but I was just trying to suppress anything or what do you, deal with anything. What do you think you were suppressing? What do you think? Not, you don't have to go into like what they actually yeah. were, but like what were the. I think the divorce, that was still kind of like mm. on my mind. Um, and my husband, my ex-husband had told me that I would never find anyone to love him, like to love me like he loved me. Ooh, and that kind of. you were wrong. I know. That like, and that kind of fucked me up. And I get a lot that. of my self-worth was you know he was really into the idea that when we were married I was you know his I was the only person or he was the only person I had slept with and so my sexuality was kind of like what like he told you it was yeah it was like what gave me value and then Mm. when I was traveling and when I got home I just like it was so self-destructive I just like needed to sleep like I needed men to want to sleep with me Mm -hmm. to feel self-worth and I just ended up sleeping with like really bad people and like wouldn't say most like I wouldn't say most of the men I slept with were like for myself or like for my enjoyment. It was like I need to feel validated. Wow. That that sucked. I can imagine. But yeah. what great perspective you have on it now. Yeah. It's great that you do that you could take a step back. and oh, Recognize yeah. that now. Now I can. Back then. What a great lesson learned. And I feel like a lot of people have that. So I don't many. think you're alone. Oh, I see it in I think so the many people. Of people really yeah. 
when it comes to sexuality, mm-hmm. you're we pe- we all feel like we need to get validated mm-hmm. by others. Yeah. I I see it in people. Like it's obvious. I think because I was there, I'm like boo thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hanny, sit down. Yeah, let me tell let me tell you what's going to how this is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> e four times a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it was that and then you know just things I had experienced traveling, you know, trying to like avoid confronting those things and then just it it got to a point where I was working at this hotel and it's like a party hotel and everyone that works their parties and it became like a part of my identity and it mm-hmm. it still is something I struggle with because it was such a part of my identity that I've had like a identity what, crisis what part the like party girl like I was oh, always down a party. party girl yeah I would I my shift would start at 7 a.m and so I'd have to wake up at 5 a.m every day to go to work and I'd be at the bar until they closed at four one time I went, I was at a bar around the corner from my job. And this is one of those times where I was like, ooh, maybe I should like analyze this. But I was around the corner and I was like, well, there's no point in me going home because then I'm going to miss my shift. And by the time I get home, I'm just going to have to turn around. So I went and slept in my office on the floor. And it's a 24-hour hotel. So like all my coworkers saw me, like the overnight staff. And I told them like, hey, wake me up in an hour. And I slept in the office on the floor you did what you had to do. I didn't go home. And I just was like, I knew I had work at 7 a.m. I didn't have to do a bunch of blow and drink and, like, be crazy. Like, mm-hmm. Do you think it's because you wanted to fill your time? Was it a, a yeah. feeling of I don't want to be alone at all, so I'm just going to yeah make sure I'm doing something mm-hmm. always? Yeah. I didn't want to go home. I mm-hmm. wanted to be, you know, and the nights that I did, I would have FOMO. Like mm-hmm. I struggled with FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> and I always want to be out and one of my coworkers who I'm still friends with, he he told me he was like you're the most put together hot mess I know. <laughs> what a compliment though. It was. And I was In like a weird I'll way, take that's that. a great compliment. Like, you know, Dean's list holding down a full-time job but also raging like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> So I think that shows how strong you are too. Oh, thanks. You're a strong girl. Thank you. I've been lifting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention her muscles. <laughs> They're my tiny little biceps yeah. I've been working on. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh there you are. Um, <laughs> um and then it hit rock bottom for me when oh god, I like look back on this and I'm like, oh and I continue to party after this, but I think this is when things started to slow down was so a friend of mine who I met in Thailand mm-hmm. and we then met up again in England. We didn't really like each other either time, <laughs> but she worked for Delta and she had free flights. So she, you had to be friends with her. Well, no, she just, free te- I never got a free flight, Oh no. <laughs> but she texted me one day being like, Oh, I'm going to be in New York. Do you want to hang out? And I was like, Oh, I, I, I guess like we had tried. I don't know why we were continuing to try, but we did. And then we were just like, best friends after that and really? she would fly to new york almost every week and we'd rage like hard <laughs> um like when she would come to town people would, like i would just go dis- i would disappear it was like we'd be in like this fucking <laughs> drug den or like of whatever life we were living and so she flew in one day picked me up from work i got out of work at like three and we went straight to the bar and we were planning on going to Montreal together. So I was going to take an overnight Greyhound bus from New York to Montreal and she was going to fly in the morning and we were going to get there around the same time. And so 
we're at a bar and we're drinking. She had a prescription for Adderall. So we're doing Adderall. Uh. <laughs> and I'm like fucked up by the time we get back to my apartment and need to get my shit and go to Times Square to get on a bus mm. at midnight. And I'm so drunk. And she's like, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Just like do some coke and you'll be fine. Oh, no. And I'm like, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that makes sense. Um, And I'm just like on the train on my way to get on this bus and the whole I get on, I, the whole time I'm in the bus station I'm like I need to turn around mm. and I'm thinking but you spent $125 on this ticket and I'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter right. <laughs> get on the bus immediately regret it can't sleep because I'm like hopped up on uppers yeah um and I'm just like awake thinking like coming down off the drugs and just thinking like what is this like this mm. is disgusting like what part were you like thinking about just like the drugs just the drugs the drinking situation you were in yeah i'm on an overnight greyhound bus to motherfucking canada and then we get to the border and i'm so fucking nervous because my eyes must have looked fucking crazy (laughs) you know like who like i'm surprised they didn't turn me away and you know i didn't have anything on me but like the fact that i looked messed up i Mm -hmm. was like yeah, I'm getting anxiety just thinking about it. I'm like, I just want to go take a poop right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, can we record this while I poop? Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah. then after Montreal. So, yeah, my friends. So friends I had lived with in Budapest with picked me up because they lived in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And they were. I told them, like, I was coming down. And they were like, oh, yeah, because they had partied with me. They knew. And they were like, oh, yeah, we thought your eyes looked a little weird. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. And I just slept the whole day pretty much. And I had fun on the trip. My friend never made it. There was no seats on the flight because you have to fly standby. So she never oh. made it. Um. So, yeah, it was fine. And then I got on a bus again to head back. And I just, it just really put things into perspective for me. And I was like, this, like, I can't do this anymore. And started to calm down. And I think my family had started to notice at that point that I was like, messing with drugs and Mm -hmm. like maybe just like a little too fucked up all the time so that's what's so hard it's just it's almost as if anyone could have told you that maybe you should take it slower but until you realize it yourself you could hear it yeah hundreds of thousands of times yeah until you feel it you're Mm -hmm. not going to do anything about it yeah and how nice that you came to it on your own yeah honestly still early in life yeah a lot of people sometimes do it for decades i know decades they do that that lifestyle and then they finally realize it's just not Mm -hmm. not honestly i'm having so much anxiety just talking about it can we stop for a poop break yeah we sure can i'm legit gonna go take a poop just talking about this we'll just leave it on i can cut it off (laughs) no you can leave that in thanks for taking that uh poop intermission (laughs) yes (laughs) don't i'll just cut it out you can leave it i'll just be like leave it in (laughs) this is so this is like one of the I have so much anxiety now from like traveling and the partying days and also just like the partying have destroyed my stomach. Mm. So like anytime I'm feeling anxious, I have to use the bathroom. I like You think that's specifically because of the drug use? I think it's alcohol. I think it's a mix. I think that's a large part of it because my stomach issues started before then and it was very directly tied to my anxiety. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like probably exacerbated it a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but what's so. great is where 
you had that moment mm-hmm. you're do you call it your rock bottom kind yeah. of and then things start to look up because mm-hmm. i do. see you now i thank know you. where you are now thank you i'm with when what wonderful woman <laughs> mm-hmm. when did that transition happen for you when did i like start dating women well yes but in a sense like so you had your rock bottom mm-hmm. then were you kind of like working yeah. yourself into like healing not necessarily like physically Um, just like mentally trying to get yourself into a better headspace because coming off of not that you're an addict but like i feel feel as if coming off of doing a certain amount of drugs for Mm -hmm. a long period of time would have quite the effect on your brain only because when you start being sober then for those Mm -hmm. times your mind has to fill that time oh yeah with other thoughts yeah so that was tough Honestly, when I started to kind of move away from all that is right when I met my current girlfriend, Audrey. So this was like three and a half years ago. Um, And I think being with her is what gave me the courage to move away from that because she doesn't drink. She doesn't, you know, she'll like smoke weed, but like you know sometimes other stuff but like that's not her thing like she doesn't party Mm -hmm. she's not she's like the opposite of what i was living so being with her and not being with toxic people who encouraged me to keep drinking it is a lot of who you surround yourself yeah and so i would say for like anyone who else is in Mm -hmm. situations like that maybe take a look at who you're surrounding yourself with and what they're actually giving you in regards mm-hmm. to friendship because friendship you need yeah. to it's a give and take and mm-hmm. so maybe yeah maybe that's a it. good piece of advice yeah we, like my mom has this saying and she used to always say it to us when we were kids but she was like tell me who your friends are and i'll tell you who you are and oh wow yo that's real <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah it's and it's something i really reflect on a lot um but yeah, meeting meeting Audrey, I just wanted, she made me want to be a better person. She mm. made me want to be present. And when I started to open up to her about my insecurities and my issues and my baggage, she was just mm-hmm. like for the ride. Like she Aww. was just down and having someone listen to you and be understanding and like take away guilt and shame and like all the negative emotions and it was a game changer. Like she just was like, she was just there for it. And Mm -hmm. I started when I, so when I stopped partying and stuff, that's when my anxiety, like I was really having to deal with it. I'm sure. And I'm still dealing with it. Yeah. And it sucks. (laughs) It does suck. And drinking now gives me anxiety. Um, I don't do any kind of drugs anymore i'm Mm -hmm. just like they sound fun and appealing and then i'm like yeah but i don't need it like honestly that's wonderful that that's your mind's kind of oh yeah there was the opposite oh yeah you don't you're not being drawn to it like you were yeah there was a point where i couldn't be in the room with it and not do it and now i can be surrounded by it and i'm like yeah 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 i've been there done that yeah i'm good (laughs) yeah um and so yeah she's just been such a good partner and everyone in my life loves her like 
my friends have become friends with her and some of my friends uh, are like now closer to her than they really? and I are yeah um which is a good sign <laughs> that is a good sign um uh, I have a really good relationship with her family she has a really good relationship with my family it's just yeah so what was it like for you going from being married to a man mm. getting divorced mm. and then now you're coming back after all your travels yeah and you're like you say guess what <laughs> i met someone it's a woman it's a woman <laughs> yeah that was hard um part of it because my sister had come out so young did, was that almost did that make you feel better in a sense no there was no party that felt more relief because your sister had done it before you. No, because I was like, that's so fascinating be, to me, you know, and like now my parents got to go through this. Like we're their only kids and we're both gay. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and I, that, I mean, that that is a great point. Yeah. I feel as an outsider trying to put myself mm-hmm. in that situation, I would think, oh, good. At least mm-hmm. my parents know that. Yeah. That that's an that this, it's an option. Yes, and you know what their reaction was. Yeah, and they've had time to already process the fact mm-hmm. that One. someone is uh-huh. gay in their family, and but then I do see your point. Yeah, now it's, it's like, like now it's both yeah. and the only two. Yeah, and there were signs like everyone like <laughs> I had like shaved off my head. You know, I went through that phase where I like got a buzz cut and like sure. you know, and but that also doesn't the- make you necessarily yeah a lesbo yeah yeah you know yeah but there were signs <laughs> and um that was a really tough time because my mom was not the kindest during that time she yeah. was like making fun of me and calling me a blt because she couldn't get lgbt right and Ugh, yeah. it made it really hard to come out to her and that story is a whole other conversation mm-hmm. but it wasn't smooth like i would have liked and i think i still hold some kind of anger about it and that makes sense she knows she's talked about it to audrey but well the thing with my mom she'll never apologize for what she's done at least not to the person she's Mm. harmed you know she doesn't think she ever does any wrong which is another conversation but (laughs) that's hard yeah because it's it's like at a certain point Mm -hmm. you may not get the apology you want yeah and i that you deserve i don't think i'm ever gonna get it my sister holds on to like waiting for her to apologize for things and like has a really kind of not so great relationship with her but Mm -hmm. you know i love my mom i love my dad i think the older i get and the more i learn about you know my mom had a really really difficult upbringing you know her mom is a con artist and did drugs and was just like a bad person and so i realize how my mom acts out and what my mom does is all connected to that and as i get older i can feel more sympathy for her but at the end of the day it's really kind of you to do that yeah but at the same time i'm also like you're an adult you make your decisions you know like you you know that this pushes people away and you can you know like there's understanding but there's also like not being it's almost like know. when you, I feel like I've said this on almost every episode that I've recorded, but it's like when you know better, you should do better. Yeah. And she seems to know better, but yeah, she, maybe she just doesn't have the tools to do better. It's I like she so. like understands, but she may not have the tools. Yeah. And that's where I come in being understanding. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, ugh, like, why are you doing this? Um, it's really hard. Yeah. And my dad is the most 
patient man. Like, my mom is just straight up New York and, like, loud and, like, in your face. And when you have Audrey on the podcast, have her tell you the story I about can't. my mom. Her, your mom and what? Just, and an incident, they what ha- an incident they had when they were getting cannolis. Just okay. Have, I can't wait. Have Audrey tell it because it's really funny. Um, it'll be the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, and my dad's just, like, from Malta, quiet, you know, just wants to like ride his Harley and yeah. hang out on his boat and like be, you know, in nature. Um, yeah. So they balance each other out. Yeah. It, dealing, I feel like, with that type of stuff in family can be mm-hmm. very hard. One thing I feel as if I have learned is that families really can change. Yeah. And it may take time, but a lot of it is there's a grieving process too Mm -hmm. with their expectations of what they thought their life would be like with their two girls Mm -hmm. you know marrying guys having Having grandchildren grandchildren and um i'm sure then when your sister came out yes there was the grieving process of one of their daughters maybe Mm -hmm. not having a family one day but Mm -hmm. then when the second one says that i was married preparing to have a family um and i know like that's given me a lot of empathy and perspective even in my life mm-hmm. um, being like, I like I do. Ap- like, it's almost like I want to apologize yeah. for that being. Yeah. Um, but there's also a part of me where it shows me that we, we need to have less expectations on others mm-hmm. in regards to like how they'll be in our lives. Yeah. Um, Cause we're always going to let each other down if we have expectations. Yeah. It's never going to go the way that we think it will. And, mm-hmm. And we're human. Um, we're going to let each other down. Yeah. And <laughs> you know? one thing I wish people would know is if someone's going to tell you who they are, mm-hmm. just believe them and accept them with what they're telling yeah. you. Because that's especially something that's so vulnerable is telling someone that they're like LGBT. It's mm-hmm. that's so hard for everyone. Yeah. And the fact that they had the courage to tell you, mm-hmm. you should feel very yeah. privileged. Oh, and, yeah. And because that's something you could have hid from them for a long time, but it's yeah. it's almost like you want them in your life. Yeah. You want them, you want to be honest. Yeah. And, I want them uh, to meet this wonderful person yeah. I'm with. And I don't want to, you know, so many people live closeted lives and it, it, it affects you. Like you can't live oh. your true self and that affects everything. Yeah. I, it's that that's a whole different ball game oh my god i know i could talk probably for eight hours on just that (laughs) whole process of um now you can answer this or not answer this do you consider yourself where on the sexuality spectrum do you picture yourself because you just from hearing you talk today you talk a lot about that d and that you don't hate it but then i see i know who you are now and Mm -hmm. how i met you was this wonderful lesbian woman with tattoos and you were just thank you roller skates and like, yeah. <laughs> i just i love every part of it um but and maybe you don't want to maybe you don't need to label yourself or see it like that uh-huh. but I think, how do you view yourself i think it's hard to even for me to pinpoint it because i think i'm de- i identify as queer and oh. i date men women whatever but I think for me, whenever I was dating men, there it was missing that emotional connection. Like I could, I never had that same emotional connection. And as much as I liked them or loved them, it just like something was always kind of missing. 
Um, and then when I started dating women, I just like felt specifically Audrey. I just like felt this huge emotional connection and my, my identity, my worth moved from like what I can provide sexually to like what I can provide emotionally, intellectually, like that's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, and it it shifted. And I, when you word it like that, it shouldn't even matter mm-hmm. how you label yourself. Yeah. Because you have found a connection with someone mm-hmm. that makes you a better person. Yeah. It makes her a better person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and that her. is, <laughs> I feel like that's what love and connection is. Yeah. And if you find it, who cares who it's with? Yeah. Because that's what everyone's longing for. I mean, that's yeah. why you weren't happy in your, your marriage. Yeah. Because you didn't have that. And it's, it's like a straight couple had that. Or yeah. a, str- a, str- a straight couple can go through that just like a gay couple. Yeah. So it's you can find love and divorce anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't know. And, that, and that's okay. Yeah. You can be wherever you need to be. Yeah. I'm going to just shuffle along the line. I'm <laughs> just going to shuffle and <laughs> shimmy. Just do a little shimmy. <laughs> How do you feel? Um, I was really nervous at first, but now I, as soon as I just was like, blah, 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 I just kind of took off. <laughs> I... I love all of your experience and adventures, and I think a lot of people relate to a lot of it, to be honest. I hope so. so. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Now we have a wild night ahead. I know. <laughs> Lip sync and <laughs> makeup and all this glitter. And glitter. So, thank you. Thanks. I love you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Bye. Okay.